and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, I feel like we should make an intro, like a pre-made intro, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> We've been doing this for nearly two, or for a little more than it's two years now. Going in, no, it's going in, we started in 2020. Right. We're going into our third, or fourth year, technically. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, for almost four years now, or almost third, three years, fully. Fully three years, yeah. but four years. Fourth year. Yeah. You'd think we'd have a button to push by now. <laughs> well, I'd have to bite, shh. So we'll, we'll get on that, all right? Okay, all right, all right. Well, I just it, it's just a thought that came to me right now. Maybe that's something that we should put as a goal for this episode. And let me tell you, I was not a... Obviously, that was not a planned segment or <laughs> transition. Because our episode today is we are going to be talking about our 2023 gaming goals. Kind of like New Year's resolutions. Yeah, but, but for, for us. Yeah. yeah, and for games. But before I get into that, how are you doing today? I've been doing pretty good. Uh, just wait for me for one minute. I'm just muting some stuff on my phone. Because <laughs> the usual. My family decides this is like the perfect time to start messaging oh, yes. me. So it's Absolutely. Like, well, no, they see no. that you're online. They yeah. see that you're ready to go. No, like uh, th- this week has been, you know, you and I played games on Wednesday. And we only played a couple quick games. I had to leave somewhat early. I just wasn't feeling that great. Yeah. And but, you were tired. You had to start work yeah, again. I was tired. I had to start work again. But um, overall, like, I haven't gotten much gaming done this week. It's flew by. I actually got quite... No, I didn't get a lot. Not like the other day, other weeks, but mm-hmm. I did get seven games played between last recording and today. That's true. Well, I, I'm going to fix that because it's my pick tomorrow, right? Yeah, so we're going to get like a game in. Guess how many rules I've been reading? None. No. Um, <laughs> I actually read four rule books today. Really? Yes. Four rule books today. I'm not scared. And see, so here's kind of my mindset for, so just for, so our viewers understand what we're talking about, we have a weekly game night hosted by Daniel here, mm-hmm. kind enough to host it, and uh, we rotate our picks, which by the way, great idea. Uh, ever since you implemented it, awesome. We've talked about that before. It's just, it, I highly recommend it. Yeah. If you have a group of gamers that, that have or their own collections, yeah. yeah, like rotate it, have them each be one person to pick and teach if they can. So, um, Except for our friend cheated last week. Well, he didn't really cheat. Yeah, the rule is you <laughs> pick the game and you have to teach. Right. He picked the game and we taught him. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I had, get why he had to. In all honesty, voices in my head, I thought about doing that for tomorrow <laughs> and just go, hey, Daniel, you know it. I want to try it. But no, uh, but that's that's our general goal. Mm-hmm. And so, so I was thinking about what games I'm bringing tomorrow, right? And I've been thinking for the past few days. And I'm, and we have a trip coming up here in a few weeks that we're yep. going to be going over uh, and doing a big call for a lot of our games. And it's not so, really a big one for me. Well, big-ish, yeah, big-ish. right? I'm it's our like, yearly call. It's our yearly call. I don't know if I'm going to have that many games. I'm probably right. going to go with like five or six. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't blame you. But I, we've been doing this, what, this is going to be the fourth year running? Probably. Like 2019, least, yeah. 2020. Yeah, because 2019, that's when we got the snow. Yes. 2020 yeah. was right before all the lockdowns yes. happened. 2021 was our first trip out of state. For, yes. <laughs> at all. 2022, yeah. last year, we did it twice, you and me, anyways. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so, like, kind of my mindset was like, well, we have this trip coming up, this is my pick. Should I pick a bunch of the Shelf of Shame stuff that's, like, on the edge of, like, should I get rid of it? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to play stuff that I've been really wanting to play? 
or I have a couple of demos I've had to sign up for recently. So it's, should I learn those. learn those and teach? So, and so I've had a really like weird <laughs> clash in my mind of what games to bring. I think you'll like them though. Like I, I'm, we'll see. Is it any of the 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 Y games? No, no, because <laughs> I I figure and the Y games specifically anything from Istari. Istari, yeah. Um, the the reason why I didn't pick any of those is I thought about bringing Sila. That one looks really cool. Um, but I looked at all of those on my shelf of shame. I'm like, I'm probably not going to get rid of them anyway because they always <laughs> tend to be like a really good hit for me. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to bother learning them because it's almost a guarantee I'm going to bring them back like next month or whatever and keep them from trading them in anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mo- and some of the other ones I'm not going to trade in anyway, but I'm like, mm, I do really want to kind of try this and you're kind of the only game group that would. Yeah, um, my other game groups aren't as casual, but you'll you'll see. I think you'll be surprised. Casual or heavy? Oh, they're not as heavy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna, like, we yeah. play the heavier stuff. You guys play the heavier stuff. So I just noticed I have a couple empty spots on my shelves, and that's not part of the calling. They're in my game bag up in the front because oh, I yeah. took them over for game night. Because again, I was trying to see what I wanted to keep. I needed to play mm-hmm. some shuffle shame stuff. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. You got to determine that call. Yeah, and and the pain is real right now. Right, right? now, it's only at four. I think I'm finally going to get rid of Munchkin Legends. I it hasn't been played in six years. Mm, yeah, that's a good reason. And I I have some weird ones that are going to be on the list. I'm going to explain more about my idea. And uh, also, Reavers of Midgard. I finally decided I'm probably going to get rid of it. I like Champions of Midgard. I love the expansions on it. I haven't played Reavers of Midgard since I got the game and we played it that one time, and no one was really enamored with it. Right. We were just all, eh. It's right. fine. Exactly. It's just it's too heavy. And convoluted for what it wants to do. Champions of Midgard gives it that nice yeah. blending and action. So yeah, I just don't think I'm going to keep it. But yeah, it we, I mean, when was the last time we played Re- or Champions? Even like it's been a while. Um, yeah, it's been a while for me. I don't think I played it in my app lately. It's been a couple of years, probably around the same time. Reavers. Yeah, but I go. like Champions. I I will get that to the table again, but because when we'll get to what I'm going to talk about here soon. Spoilers. Spoilers? <laughs> all right, so before we get all that started and again this is our 2023 gaming goals what have you been playing Ooh, that's a good question i haven't been playing much as i said earlier but one i did want to bring up real quick um i played a game called let that sink in which uh i designed and but i actually brought it and did a play test at the shop and it went over like gangbusters i was really proud of it um i know i'm <laughs> get that smirk off your face i know what you're thinking this is how few games I played this last week. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you needed a fourth game. I, I needed a fourth game, so I figured I'd throw this in. No, like, we played it. I brought it to the shop, and I, I hadn't tested it with people who who aren't, like, part of, like, an actual playtest group or anything of mine yeah. or or a thing outside the box. And I just kind of sprung it. I'm like, do you guys want to try just a, a quick one-card game that's, like, a party game? They're like, sure. And I, I gave them the task of, hey, everyone research real quick three surprising facts because that's the the intro into it is you have to get all these facts ready yeah and and i even learned some interesting facts and it came out with like some hilarious just ridiculous moments like where one one of the facts that was read to me for example that the idea of this game is that you you read a fact to somebody who's turned away they're the sink player and you're trying to judge whether they're going to rate it on a one to five scale five being just incredibly surprising and one being really boring Kind of like what he's demonstrating <laughs> now. And then and after you read the fact, 
everyone votes on what what that person will likely um, likely vote on it. And the wider the range, the fewer the points, but it's safer, right? Mm-hmm. And you're all working together to try and get score a certain number of points. The way this works, uh, the way this works is that uh, one of the players read a fact to me, and he said that the average, like, even though the average human has about eight, or not average human, but within humanity, there's about eight different blood types, give or take. Okay. Cows, in the cow lifestyle, there's over eight hundred different types of blood. Well, yeah, because there's several different breeds of cows, too. Right. And then, but I thought that was absolutely fascinating. And so I read it, I was like, that's a five, hands down. And they were like, whoa, we didn't think you would find it that interesting. Like, you're kind of fact boy, like, you know a bunch of random crap. I'm like, well, I mean, if you break it down, they have four stomachs, right? That's like 200 types per stomach. And that was my justification. They were like, that's not how that works. I'm like, I know it's not how it works. But I still can't quantify, like, how fascinating that was to me. And I don't know why that was so fascinating, but it was. And that was just the only way I could verbalize it with my verbal diarrhea of explanation. (laughs) And we were just, like, laughing. But then later I went up to the employees of the shop. And they said that when they were looking back at our game room and seeing people, like, turn away from the table, they were like, did they send them into timeout? (laughs) Like, what, what is going on over there? Like, why... Why are people looking sad turned away from the table? <laughs> it was it was funny to be watched. It was funny to be a part of. It worked really well. I was proud of it. Uh, but yeah, let that sink in. It's It worked better than I thought. <laughs> Still don't like that name. It's such a dumb name. Oh, God. It's what I do best. <laughs> All right, let's talk about my first game that I played. This was actually on... What our, actual games have you been playing? Uh, actual games. Um... Uh, <laughs> This was on our game night. Uh, you showed it to us before our friend got there, because our friend works in a different city. It's about yes. 40 minutes away, so we had to kill some time before he got there. I was hoping you'd talk about that. And he showed us trekking through history, and my word, is that game good? That I, I told I, you. I really, really enjoyed that game. You beat me by, like, what, two points? And that's just... Yeah, not by this, much. This is my first time playing it, and I mm-hmm. scored that quickly. Yes. Because I got an 11 run. Yeah. My first trip, it just it happened for me that it just kept going and going. Like I right. think I finally closed it out in the towards the end of the second round. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that that was pretty cool. I like that. Um, and I ended up with I think it was like eighty two points, and you ended up with like eighty four, eighty five, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. And it's just because you got a couple runs that were like seven and eight runs. Yep, seven and eight cards. But I was really focusing on the itinerary, which is something I don't tend to focus on that much. Yeah. I tend to just try and. Break the runs as best I can. We we talked about this, especially him, since you got it. So yes. at least a few times on this podcast. So I don't want to belabor the fact, but yeah. it's an excellent game if you are interested in history or just a quick, simple game. I mean, it's thirty minutes, if that. Right. Yeah, we played it pretty. It quickly. seemed like thirty minutes. It was actually about forty-five to an hour. Yeah, Give it was. Time. It wasn't super long. No. Um, it's a phenomenal game. It's well done. It's probably my favorite of the trekking series. Yes. Um, I've only played uh, trekking through the national parks. I do want to try trekking through world, but I will buy trekking through history, and I probably end up keeping it because I'm not contemplating getting rid of trekking the national parks. Sure. My wife just wasn't enamored with it, or my other group wasn't enamored with it. And... Yeah, like it's a clean design, right? You yeah, know, and I do enjoy it. Um, I'm not going to get rid of my trekkings at all. But, so, um, my wife right. made a point on uh, trekking through the national parks. It's one of your things. Something but. 
And she called it a ticket to, to ride, ride, but... <laughs> yes. And that that's really a great comparison where, you know, I, I had never played anything from Charlie Bink before that, you know, and yeah. that was his first game. And I was like, okay, you know, I like I like Ticket to Ride. I like what this was do what this did differently. And Trick in the World was slightly different. It's a little bit yeah. more. It's like Ticket to Ride Europe versus Ticket to Ride USA. It's and the same and idea. it's a little bit longer than some Ticket yes. to Ride games. Yeah. But so, that was her thing, is like honestly, if I'm gonna choose between the two, I'm gonna choose Ticket to Ride. Yeah. And so right. for me though, trekking through history is completely different. Yes. You're basically creating a timeline. You're trying to get as furthest back on the and in the timeline and build your trek through there because you can never go behind time. You can get an ancestor to kind of help you fill in your, your track. This way you can get a nice run by visiting your ancestor. Mm-hmm. But, again, you're just trying to be as efficient as you're playing. And it's I don't know a lot of games that are like that. Yes. Like, I, what my favorite part about it is, is just the fact that normally, in order to buy a card, you have to pay something in exchange. No, this is, you take the card... And you get tokens. The only thing you really spend is time. Yeah. Time. And the thing is, it's like, you could spend a one, or get a one card and still take a second turn, and there's yeah. another card that's especially good for you, which is only going to be two. So in that time, you only spend three hours, but you get to take a third straight turn because you're sitting on top of the person who was supposed to go next. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that little hopscotch time mm-hmm. mechanism is awesome. Yeah, no, I, so. I really enjoyed it. I like the combo uh, tastic nature of that because you have these um, little charts that you have to put points down, mm-hmm. and then you can get like resources, you can get extra points. Yep. I love that. It's like, oh, I don't want to pull that one. That one's best for my timeline, but if I go to this one instead, I get a lot yep. more resources, which combos a lot more points. So there's a lot of good choices in that one. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I I knew you would, and I just knew that there was that level of apprehension because mm-hmm. of the trekking. Through the through, national parks, through the yeah. national parks, which I know you weren't the biggest fan of. I was fine with that. I yeah, you were more fine than with the rest that. of the, the right. rest of them. But. but I knew you weren't like you weren't enamored with it. So mm-hmm. when I remember when I brought it up, you're like, okay, you know, it's just another trekking game. It's not another trekking game. No, it's just the, the only biggest... the only thing they have in yes. uh, in um, com- common common is, is trekking. It? Yeah, it's the word trekking. <laughs> That's it. That's really the only thing. It really does it a disservice. Trekking by through. Uh, those yeah. are the only things common. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Next game I wanted to talk about is a very quick uh, dice game. It is called Yam Slam, made by Blue Orange. Uh, it's a quick little dice game. Basically, it plays similar to Yahtzee, except instead of a score pad, you're not going to score everything at once. You do roll three times, try and get combinations like straights, flushes, whatever, mm-hmm. um, which is different in Yam Slam because all of your evens are red and all of your odd numbers are black. So you could go all evens are all are all odd and get a flush which is unlike that but they has a little case uh, that has four poker chips each that tell you how many were anywhere from five to 50 points mm-hmm. and uh when you get the combination you pull the chip that's it and send it to the next player play that out until a certain number of the chips are gone score up easy peasy it's a great like honestly the my my only complaint about Yahtzee, which I do like Yahtzee, it does outstay its welcome a little bit, just yeah. because you're scoring like twelve different things or whatever. Yeah. But Yam Slam works really well. We played it at our New Year's party during a casino theme, and all I did was just throw it on the table. I'm like, all right, guys, you know how to play Yahtzee? Yeah, cool. Let's do it. That uh, sounds interesting. Yeah. Their only complaint was there's no five of a kind. I'm like, that's a Yahtzee. That's not in this game. This this isn't yeah. Yahtzee. And they're like, well, what if I get five of a kind? I'm like, then you can claim the four of a kind chip, and brag. <laughs> like it's not it's not Yahtzee, so 
There's that. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. I'm not a fan of the name, though. I'll tell you that much. Yam Slam? No, that's a stupid name. No, that's really bad. Yeah. I mean, the, the version I found, it's a, it's, a, it's a portable version, so it's only about that big, like the size of a coaster. Okay. It has small little poker chips and all the dice fit in it, and it works, like you just grab it, put it in your pocket, you know, hand it out. That's There's one problem with this one. It won't fit in one of those uh, photo cases. It absolutely would. Will it? The the, the coaster size is small enough? Mm, you're not taking out of that. But the chips? Like, oh, okay, just out. the chips. And chips and like dice? That. Yeah. Cool. Easy. Nice. Yeah. I In fact, I actually thought about doing that because even though the container is pretty good, it's like a little twisty top that has a clear top to it. Yeah. Um, Like, I mean, I still like the photo containers pretty well. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to do a clear container, but this was just so easy. It looks like one of those poker chip racks, you know? So... I liked it. Um, if you want a good, like, variation to Yahtzee, this is a pretty decent one. Cool. Not the best one on my list today, though. All right, so the next game I'm going to talk about is one we've talked about before. Um, okay. This is after you left that night, and my buddy wanted to try this one, so we played a quick game of it. It only mm-hmm. took us about 45 minutes. He left around 11, so mm-hmm. it wasn't too, too long. And this was The Hunger. Uh, another, oh, yeah. This is the deck-building race game, a la Clank. It's kind of like Clank, mm-hmm. uh, but Richard Garfield, he does something that's so good. Uh, it's funny, because I kept reiterating to my friend, you need to make sure you try to digest or shed your cards as fast mm-hmm. as you can, or it's going to slow you down, because he was picking up all the people that he could, and he kept getting like the drunk ones that pushed him back four steps, and so he ended up losing because he didn't make it back to where he needed to be for the for eating too many drunkards. Yeah, the story of my life. <laughs> so it's a great little vampire game where you're basically racing to score as many points before sunrise comes up, and then get back to the castle or graveyard and lose negative points if you're in the graveyard just to save yourself from the sun. Because once the sun comes up and you're not back, you lose. It's just that flat out you get turned to dust and i played it a little bit more efficiently i still went and got a rose and came all the way back and played it a little bit better yeah uh and it was was well done i I still really like this game and i really like it over clank uh for a racing game because i like what it's doing Mm -hmm. where the cards that you usually buy and get that's called hunting they slow you down unless you digest them but they also give you some pretty cool abilities like drawing cards or if you have this person, and you get this person, hey, yep. you get bonus points and stuff like that. But you have to be very efficient to how you use it. You need to go to the digestion area. You have to use your familiars to help you move faster or discard this or get rid of that. And so I really, really do enjoy it. It's a smart, smart z- design. When we're talking about like Ticket to Ride butt or Magic butt. People can say this is a clank, but I like this more than clank because of how efficient you have yeah. to be with your cards. It's, there's no run and gun because you can feed your vampire very well, but if you don't digest your feeding, your cards slow down. You got no movement. Which, by the way, that gives us a friendly PSA: if you have a clank butt, be sure to have your doctor <laughs> check it. No. So, two questions for you. Uh, well, one thing I want to point out, but still my favorite thing about that design is that market system, how it de- how it slides down and Everything, decreases, yeah. and, which I've seen that in plenty of games before, but when it gets to the one, instead of going to a zero or na- like whatever, no, it just keeps adding cards. Adding cards, yeah. So you get all of the cards slide for up. one. So if you just keep letting something slide and there are six cards in there, right. you can grab all those cards right. for one buy power. That is the answer that it was, <laughs> that was the solution that... 
every other game was looking for. Yeah, like, no, that's I, elegant. I it's think it's brilliant, phenomenal. I want to pick up the expansion. Mm. I do want to play it with more people because both sure. times I played it with it's only two players. Yeah. Very efficient with two players. I really, I've tried it on the easy side when we yep. learned it, when we and I tried it. it on the normal side with him, and I liked it because it just made things so much more tighter. So the question I have for you, he, uh, our our mutual friend, Gamehead Geek, when you guys sat down to play it, he was saying that Clank is like one of his like favorite deck building games. How did he? What did? What was his response to this? He liked it. He had one complaint, and it's a valid complaint. It's yeah. because it's such a giant stack of cards. A lot of times you can get something that's in your deck that says, hey, you need this person for your, to score the score or the bonus points or just its points, and that one never shows up. In fact, right, that did one, happen he, when our, it happened with played. us and it happened when yep. he played it because he had one character, drew it like one of the first people he drew, and then that one was like fourth or fifth from the bottom. Oh, okay. So that's his one complaint. It's just that there's so many cards. And I told him that it might cycle more if there's more players because the way the market works, it's uh, three rows for a two-player game. It's how many players plus one. So if you're playing a five-player game, you get a market row six, you might go through more of the... That makes sense. <laughs> but it plays pretty quickly. It moves pretty fast. I love the how it's like the person who gets to go next is the furthest away from the castle... Mm-hmm. So they get to keep going further away, but if time comes up, oh god, no, I gotta keep moving faster. It just kind of levels it out. It's it's a phenomenal game. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. All right, uh, the next game I wanted to talk about was a is a party game that I have not been able to play for a really long time, but I got a chance to sit down and actually play it, um, which is the first time in a really really long time since I bought it. Um, this is called Stay Cool, and now I played this at. Do you remember Stay Cool? It's that bomb one, isn't it? No. Okay. Which one? So is this, this one, one um, it's kind of like a uh, almost a trivia like game, except one player is being asked the questions. One person is reading the card. Yeah, reading so the it's got the bomb on the cover. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it has a bomb, but it's really not bomb themed. Um, you have two minutes. No, 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 no. It is bomb themed because you got the anxiety sure. because you got to spell stuff out and then you have to do. Yes. You're spelling things out with with dice to answer one person's questions. And while you're trying to listen to the other person ask you audible questions that you're going to be reading out loud or answering, you know, verbally, and that's a lot harder. It's quicker, but it's, you know, there's a lot more to score points there. Yeah. At the end of each round, um, you you score however the progress on both sides and you multiply those together. That's your score. So up to like 25 points per round. Um, it's it's a goofy, silly game. And when I brought it out, because they, the gamers asked, they're like, hey, so what is this stay cool game? What's it about? So I told them about it, and they looked at me like, okay, all right. <laughs> and I looked over at another one of our gamers, and I'm, I won't name names, but he's a little more apprehensive on, like, speed games. Like, he, he can get anxiety really badly. Mm-hmm. And he and I, you could tell there was some nervousness to it. I was like, he was like, eh, I'll try it. I'm like, okay, well, I'll tell you what. I was like, it's us, it's us four playing. You take the last turn, and then if you decide before that, go ahead and is this the, the YouTuber guy? Yes. Okay. Um, I was like, go ahead and bow out if you need to. That's no, totally I get which one you're... Yeah, yeah, no. I was like, do what you gotta do. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Exactly. You go there to he have fun. freaking, like, perfect scored it. Like, every time. We had... We, he was the only person we had to put a handicap on. Where, you know why? Huh? I could tell you why. He's got a neurodivergent mind. They're actually really good at that kind of stuff. He, he was brilliant. It was I, he, and he made it so hilarious to watch. Like he was just fun, 
And it was just a silly all-around game. You know, I really like games like that. And I always tell them, it's like, look, I get that this is not a game for everybody, but yeah. this is 100% my kind of game. I love stuff yeah, like it's, this. It's phenomenal. It's a really good game. Um, yeah. Uh, I stress out like you wouldn't believe. I only oh, yeah. played it the one time when we were doing it at Gamma. Yes. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, and all, honestly, like, our viewers, uh, you know, if that sounds interesting to you, like, of, like, being asked two questions at the same time, kind of, and you have to try and, like, split them up as you're listening and frantically answering questions, if that is fun to you, then this game is one of the best examples of that. Um, if that doesn't sound, if you don't like any part of, like, speed games or stuff like that, stay a mile away. You're not going to like this. This will not convince you otherwise. So the reason why I was saying something like that were because he can pick up both. Mm-hmm. Some uh, some people who have neurodivergent minds, there was a thing going, I think, on TikTok where they were testing that ability with some people where they were playing two different songs kind of layered onto each other and the people with neurodivergent minds can actually pick up and separate both songs. Oh, that's cool. So I was like, that's a neat. And so I was talking to one of my friends who's a therapist and she's like, no. That that's an actual thing. I forget what she told me what it is, but people with neurodivergent minds can. That's one of the things that we learned with them, is that they yeah. can hear and listen and do things. That's the same thing with people that has synesthesia. So oh, the yeah. mind picks up colors. Crosses of senses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fascinating, but I mean. It, it, like I said, he was the only one who we had to put a <laughs> on because. We all we ended up making him where he had to say when to flip the timer. Yeah, and and that's the second round is where like they can look over at the timer as much as they want, but at some point they have to say flip, and then they flip it over. But if it ever runs out mid round, sorry, you're done. Yeah, and that's what happened to him. So that was the only round he didn't get a perfect score, but he still went into that last round with more points than we had scored after the three rounds. That's complete. So it wasn't even a contest. He was playing for. For bragging rights at that point. So, it was it was awesome. Stay Cool is a fantastic game. So, my third game that I'm going to talk about that I played, uh, this is what I played on Saturday, is one of, one you've actually played. You actually recommended and said it's really good. Um, and our other friends That's got... has got to be good. Uh, then our <laughs> other friends mentioned, like, hey, it's really good. You need to play this one. So, my wife got it to me for Christmas. So, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this over here. I'm going to learn it. And I'm going to try it. And this one's Furnace. Oh, yeah. And so... Yeah, Furnace was cool. It is a really smart, fun, quick engine building game. Yeah. There is a lot of good engine building games out there, but they take a while. Wingspan, mm-hmm. um, Arc Nova, mm-hmm. Terraforming Mars. Yeah. Those can go from two to three hours. Yes. Furnace, even with a teaching game with four players, it was like 45 minutes to an hour because yep. it plays in four rounds you got two phases. You got an auction phase mm-hmm. and you got a production phase. The auction phase is the longest one because you're out putting discs out there trying to buy a card. Whoever doesn't win the auction, they get the resources or the conversion as a compensation. And whoever wins the auction gets the it's factory perfect. into your engine. And then you go into the production phase. And the whole point of this is just you're trying to turn your production phase into coins because co- more coins at the end of the game is going to win the game for you. And what I like about this is after the auction phase, the production phase simultaneous. You just boom, 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 and you're ready. Okay, everybody done? Okay, let's start the second round. And it went really well. My, my, uh, I had a really nice engine that gave me a lot of coal that did not fire for me because none of the cards until the last round 
did a lot of the coal conversion where yep. I could turn this coal into this steel, and then I could turn uh, some of this coal into this oil, and then I could turn these into points. <laughs> right. And so it's like and that's the only gripe I had about it is because depending on how the cards are shuffled, the things that you need for the engine are at the last round, and then you're not being efficient in your engine. Because uh, the card that I randomly drew in the beginning gave me coal. Mm-hmm. There was cards in the beginning that gave me coal, and I needed stuff that I need to start converting. I'm like, okay, I got all these coal now. I need to get some conversion. I didn't get them until the last round. I did like my capitalist ability, where I could just put the, either one of the numbers or my same color. Oh, I yes. have to follow those yes. rules. This way, mm-hmm. I can get stuff that I need to get. I'm like, okay, there's our three on here. I know I'm not going to win this, but I'm going to put my three over there this way I can get compensated. Doesn't, right. doesn't bother me any. I right. just need that steel. Yeah. You know what I really like about that game? Like, everything about Abraham it. Lincoln? <laughs> Abraham Lincoln on the cover. Good design <laughs> choice. No, the my favorite part about that game with the auctioning system is that, like, you could tell, like, when they were developing it, everyone threw, like, hey, what about all these edge cases? Like, what if somebody bids the same number? How do you break ties? Like, what, can you put two of the same? And then, like, the designers, don't. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Don't allow. Okay. <laughs> so I put a three there. Then you got to beat him with a four. Yeah, it's like you you can't you can't bid a three at that point. Yeah. But, I, but what the, if I want to? Yeah. And the thing I already did. Another thing I like about it too is all the capitalists Brilliant. are overpowered, but they're all overpowered, yes. so they're very. It's if, a very tight game. If everything is overpowered, everything because, is balanced. Yeah. So like mine, <laughs> I can ignore the placing rules. Yeah. Uh, one of my buddy, my buddy had the. Um, the one that got the extra disc. So yeah. he had that one. And the other ones had like their own special abilities. I can't remember exactly what they were doing. Sure. I just remembered his because he was always like, wait, wait, why am I, why am I, oh, because you have the extra disc. Right. And so, yeah, no, I thought it was phenomenal. It's a really good game. It's a really quick. So this is probably one of the games I would use that teach engine building to people. Oh, yeah. Um, because Absolutely. I wouldn't want to bust out Terraforming Mars to a new player. I wouldn't want to bust out Ark Nova, nope. even though it's a good game. And Wingspan, these those games I don't want to bring out to new yeah. players because it's going to scare them away because there's a lot of stuff you have to gronk. This one, very simple, mm-hmm. a nice little engine builder. This is probably be my go-to. Cool. Awesome. The last game I wanted to talk about, speaking of Yahtzee variations. <laughs> I actually I'm surprised have... you didn't talk about the other one. You refused to talk about the other one, huh? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't so, put it on my list either. So. Know. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, this other game that I've been playing. He played a cat game. <laughs> yes, technically. Um, and it's, it, it. you know what? We'll talk about it after we'll, we finish. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, but I have reasons that it annoyed me still. But okay. um, this other game, it's kind of a Yahtzee variation. I saw um, a YouTube channel play it. Uh, there was a board, the Board Game Geek Game Night Uh I saw mm. them play it, and I was like, what is this? And and I was intrigued. But as soon as I saw them play it, I'm like, oh, oh, I know how this works all of a sudden. <laughs> this looks really fun. And it's kind of like Yahtzee. Mm-hmm. Um, you have 12 dice, uh, six pairs of, uh, or six different colors and pairs of those. And you, the game is called Dice Cup, by the way. Have I told you about this one yet? Yes, you have. Yeah. So the idea, you have 12 dice, you shake them up, you put them, you slam down the dice cup, and you get ready to open it. Um, anybody can score any one of the six numbers, um, so up to 12 points per per color. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, not numbers, colors. So if I chose, like, black dice, whatever the pip value that are on the black dice when it's revealed, that's how much it would be worth. 
Um, you can also score all of the fives, all of the fours, all of the sixes. So you can either score the numbers or the colors. Yep. Um, you can score all of the ones, twos, and threes added together if it's like just a universally low roll. Uh, you can also score like exact pairs, either the same if they're the same color and number, it's worth ten points each. Or you could just straight up score dice cup, which is all of the dice added together. Okay. Okay. Which on average should be about forty two points. Because twelve dice. So the way it works is unlike Yahtzee, you're not beholden to what role you do. You're not re rolling anything. Everyone gets the same role. But you lift the cup up for about three seconds, everyone frantically looks and tries to figure out what they're scoring. And then the dice cup comes down. That's when you declare what you're scoring. After each player, um, after each player plays, uh-huh. then you would mark down their player, lift it up, score the points, and uh, that's it. Uh, our good friend Mario Fanatic, yeah, you said separate score sheet. I completely agree. I that was just the only one I could print and laminate in mm-hmm. time to play yeah. it. But yes, I, I agree. The the actual game comes with separate score sheets. Yeah, I, I still haven't played it myself, so I wouldn't know. That was the only time I have played it fully. No, I played it twice, but that was one that I played, and I genuinely enjoyed it. Like, it was a great little change of pace versus, you know, normal Yahtzee. You know, okay. boring, good old day Yahtzee, but it was fun. We had a We had a good time with it. I mean, like, one of the funniest parts was, like, like, when you slam down the cup, and like, all right, great, I'm scoring white dice. Like, you already did. Oh, no, what were everything else? <laughs> you, know, you immediately go, I'll score blue, three points. Oh. <laughs> that moment was just so great. When that uh, happened. I do have to try this one. Yeah, it's it's silly. If you like Yahtzee and, and you're okay with speed games, that's, yeah, it's premium. I'm surprised it hasn't been done yet. Like, that's what that's what broke my brain about it. Is as soon as I saw him, like, everything about this is so obvious it should have been done by now. How is this not a game yet? True. Yeah. I like it a lot. All right. So going into my final game, uh, speaking of a game that has been overdone, mm-hmm. this one is a pandemic system game. I played Star Wars The Clone Wars. Interesting. I love the changes that they've done to this one. I've heard they were good. Yeah, they're really, really nice. Uh, so you have a big bad. You're fighting the big bad. Uh, what happens with it, though, what they did different, there's not four or five different ways you can lose. You have one way to mm-hmm. lose. The threat level goes high. And excuse me for one minute here. But, yeah, I'll worry about that in a minute. But uh, what happens is you have one villain, and we play the basic one, which is a Saws of Interest, and you have your Jedis. They all have a free action special ability, just like in most pandemics. Sure. You still do the um, seeding of the planet. Basically, you put everything out there in the beginning. You still got to do... They, there's one invasion card. It's what it's called. And that's what happens when you draw the one from the bottom, and you put it on top, and you seed it some more with the things. Oh, okay. So whenever there's an outbreak, whenever you got to place a fourth um, droid, it doesn't spread like in the other games. In this one, you put a blockade on it. Whenever oh. you do an outbreak, you raise the threat level. <coughs> Sometimes the villain cards will raise the threat level, or a villain will have a special ability that will raise the threat level. And so at first, we were all playing it like, oh, this seems really simple, because the whole point of it is that you need to go in there and you have to... Um, take care of everything. You have to do four missions. Uh, Could we play the normal? 
before you can go into the final mission and fight the final boss. Okay. You have to gather cards, which you don't discard in this one unless you need to, because the cards are your hit points. If you take hit points, you have to discard cards. Those cards could be used to help you see missions or attack droids, you know, clean up the planets. Uh, there's transports that allow you to move faster. So you don't, normally you can only move one planet at a time. If you use a transport, it allows you to move twice. Same, you still have four actions. Uh, okay. it, it does a lot, but Pandemic normally does, but then it changes it. So you don't have to worry. And so it's like, okay, we're playing this. Oh, this seems a little easy. We're getting through these missions. And then all of a sudden, oh, oh. here's an outbreak. Here's an outbreak. Threat oh. level, threat level, threat level. Oh, we can't put another blockade. Threat level. We won by the skin of our teeth. We got the final mission in because what another one of the change, when you succeed, it's over. Okay. Once you clear the final mission, you win immediately. Wow. Well, so if we had okay. done my normal turn all the way through, like in regular pandemic, you would we would have lost. Wow, <laughs> wow! It doesn't get it doesn't get that that close, does it? No, it was it was so so good. I'm sure I'm sure there's ways to scale difficulty in that. Um, were you guys playing on a specific scale or we were playing the normal, which is yeah, like the equivalent of uh, the the equivalent of like. Uh, four epidemics in the base game. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. in a sense. Yeah, yeah. five, something like honest. that. I think it's four regular because six is the this one. Yes, and then yeah. um, the six is also the the what is it called the Jedi Master. Mm-hmm. So I really really did enjoy it. It was probably the most fun I had playing. Mind you, I'm a Star Wars fan. Sure. So that's gonna help things. Yeah. But and I'm a fan of the Clone Wars cartoon series. But I love the special powers that ours had. Like, I was playing Yoda, and so I'm like, we all need to go over there because this mission gives us four successes if all or, or if the Jedi's... You get a success for every Jedi in there. If we're all four there, then it's four successes, and then you basically roll a dice and see what happened. Interesting. And so okay. my ability was like, hey, I'm going to move you to this planet this way... On his turn, he's got four chances of successes from my free action. And so, yeah, no, it was really, really good. Um, and then I was telling... And, and then another thing, too, is if the Jedis can actually help each other on another person's turn. Yeah. So if there's two Jedi on one planet and they're trying to succeed at a mission, another person can tap one of their cards because at the start of their turn, they get to ready all their cards. Oh, so they can use okay. one of their cards to help that person succeed and then at the start of their turn, ready all their cards and start doing their Interesting. Turn. That's cool. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I mean, I do want to play it at a higher difficulty, but I just yeah. wanted to try it basically at its uh, easiest, or not easiest, but like how it recommends played on the normal setting with yeah. this villain. I want to try some of the other villains because this one, you had one thing there uh, where it's like, you got to meet this and you win. The other ones have, like, different criteria that you have, or you have different chances to win. Like, Grievous has, like, three different levels that you can win. You can win here, but it's not as good. You can win here, but he escapes, and so forth. Right. So, I like what they did with this system and changed it quite a, a, enough to make it slightly different than what you normally play based on the Legacies, based on the Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Because when you're playing those, you still feel like you're playing Pandemic. So this one is like, okay, there's a Pandemic feel to it, but it's completely different what you're doing. That makes sense. Cool. Uh, that sounds... I mean, I'm I'm up for playing that. I do like Star Wars. Out of all of the like 
sci-fi fantasy like mm-hmm. themes. Star Wars is it's pretty up there. Yeah, and the thing about it is uh, with uh, Star Wars, it's it's more fantasy than it is science fiction. When yes. you Star Trek is your science fiction show. Yes. If you want something that has good hard science fiction. Star Wars is just fun. Yeah, Star Wars <laughs> is just fun. Yeah, it's just it's what just it well is. Written, yeah. It's good. Yeah. So uh, before we move on, let's talk yeah. about the uh, let's talk about the cat in the box. No, we don't need to. Um, we both played. That's Isle also something we've played. Yeah, yeah. So it's fine. No, we have played Isle of Cats, meaning it's now eligible for debates. Correct. But I do want to get your feelings on it. Meh. Same. Honestly, yeah. solid meh. It, it's it. It was a fine game. I I understand why some people like it and some people are in our boat. It it did nothing different for me. It yeah. It was a polyomino game with drafting. It, with drafting, I'm not the biggest drafting fan. So that had like one that, yeah. And and when I came to that realization, I came to it like a few weeks ago when I even told you I was like yeah. I just realized I'm not a drafting fan. Like there's something about like picking a hand of cards and and passing them along. Like it's just I don't know. It's kind of boring to me. Um, you know, but, you know what my my big gripe about the drafting mechanism that everybody's been doing lately, and I understand why they do it because it helps balance it out. Because yes. I hate when they change direction; it just confuses everybody. Yeah, exactly. And there's not really a big benefit. I mean, yeah, it's supposed to like prevent like hate drafting to one. So what? Like, yeah. Like it, Azul doesn't change directions. Like you know, there's no others. Actually, so there's a game that I'm going to be bringing. Uh, spoilers! I'm bringing one tomorrow uh, that does have drafting in it. Okay. But the way it works is that you have a hand of cards. Everyone picks the card that they play, pass the hand, right? But then in turn order, you play all you play the cards. Okay. And then so that way, after every card, then you get to see what action everyone takes, and then you can decide from the new hand after that. Okay. What you're gonna do? Like already, that's like that's way better because part of the problem with like drafting, it's like you don't know what you're gonna get, you don't know what people are gonna take from you, you don't know how to pre-plan as soon as you have a hand of like seven cards. Mm-hmm. Like I drafted all of these. Oh wait, they're all the worst right now. Yeah. Like so, you don't know that. This should fix that. <laughs> uh, I, I did like uh, Cosmic Colonies when they that that solar drafting where you have two yeah, cards in your hand cool, and the then that... the other two. It's everybody knows what those two are and they get. Right, it's else. what gets played gets passed. Yeah. That's that's really more action selection, in my opinion, than drafting. No, I get that, but it, but and that's why I liked it better. Yeah, I liked what it did there. Yeah. So Mario Fanatic says he'd argue Star Trek is just as much space fantasy as Star Wars. It's just disguises a little better. If you want hard science fiction, give the original Jurassic Park a read. Sometimes I've read the original Jurassic point. Park; it's really good. Yeah. Now I will argue that Star Trek does have some fantasy elements into it. But the original Star Trek actually uh, predicted the future with telecommunications, the cell phones, and stuff like that. Sure. So yeah. Gene Roddenberry's original Star Trek was really, really right. big about getting trying the true sciences and stuff like that, right. what it would look like in the future. You see, like, the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars for me, because I like Trek better, personally. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars I like just, I like quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just a good, fun, action, well-written movie. Fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. Star Trek, like, they go into philosophical, like, points in, like, their episodes. Some are more silly than others, sure. But, like, some of them were, like, fascinating, like, concepts. It, I mean, obviously, it was made in the 60s, so, like, the production was questionable, questionable sometimes. Yeah. But 
I mean, if it had modern day stuff, like that would be a hit. Like, yeah, even if no. they kept the same themes. The thing but, about it is, is that as it further went along, it went away from more of yes. the, the science fiction aspect yes. of it. Enterprise was really good, but then you have like Voyager right. and and I'm only familiar with the original. Yeah, so that's the only thing I've watched. Next Gen is really good though. I really do like that yeah. one. But yeah, I I love cats. My biggest argument, and and this is why, um, I have three, three. Cat games in my collection right now. Uh, one I haven't played yet. So, Schrodinger's Cat. The oh, Cat in the Box. Cat in the Box, okay. I haven't played that one. You bring it tomorrow? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. 100%. I the bought. more and more I hear about it, because I was like, we need people yes, to review it. sounds really good. Yeah. It, and that's not about cats, it's about Schrodinger's Cat, which is a, it's a, it's a concept. Yeah. But the two cat games that are specifically about cats that I have, Here Kitty Kitty, which is about luring cat, your crazy cat lady luring cats onto your lawn. Mm-hmm. That's a hilarious theme. Oh, it is warring really cat funny. ladies. Yeah, warring cat ladies. You're just you need all the cats. Like that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be a cat fan to understand how truly hilarious that is. And boop. That's the only other cat game I have because I I picture the kittens <coughs> jumping out of the bed like being feisty and then so all the other cats. You want ah. the cats to be in the abstract. No. <laughs> I, if you have cats in a game, there has to be a reason for it. You if you put cats in a game. Because cats, no, no, and I felt as much as I like Frank West, the designer of it. He's a nice guy, awesome dude. And the game itself, I don't want to deter people. Like, if you're a cat it, fan, you're probably gonna like the game. And it's a fine game. It's just it didn't justify why was there cats here. Sure, the luring the cats onto the boat with fish. Okay, okay, I can dig that. And then cats lying down in different shapes. Okay, fine, sure, but like. Paying for your cards and drafting with fish, like mm-hmm. that's your current. No, like I, I just, and then you always get twenty fish at the beginning of the round. Yeah, like so. what are you doing? Are you just, and like, then some, you need baskets bond? to help you capture cats. And, and don't get me wrong, it's it's fine. Yeah, I get it. It's just I didn't like it that much. Honestly, if I'm gonna play a polynomial game, I'll play something different. If I'm gonna play a drafting game, I'm gonna play something different. It just didn't hit me on any of the levels. To me. Right. I get why people like it. I I would rate it probably a six, just yeah. above average. It was yeah, fine. It was fine. It wasn't. It was a non-offensive cat game. That again, it was a polynomial game, but cats and because they know. stretch out, it, it's fine. And if you like it, have fun with it. If you want to play it, I will begrudgingly do it again. Yeah. I I had a fine. I play it again. It. Yeah, I probably liked it better than you. I'll go six five. Yeah, six point five maybe. Uh, Mario Fanatics. Let's see here. I, I admittedly only watched the original series. OG. That stuff. Uh, but it often felt like fancy dress up uh, with tech soundy terms. Yes. Um, which I don't mind from a storytelling perspective, but it doesn't seem like it's any more real to me than gaining superpowers from a radioactive bug bite. But I don't watch Space Opera for realism to begin with. That's a that's a solid point. <laughs> I don't think any of us did. Uh, I watched it because of board games. So <laughs> yeah. that's you had Star better Trek Panic, right? Star Trek Panic. That was why I watched the original series. All so, right, so let's get into our gaming goals. Gaming goals, and any of our viewers, please, if you join us in, post your gaming goals in the chat. We want to know what your gaming goals are for this next year. Daniel and I, uh, we revisited ours la- uh, last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. And we talked about how we only succeeded about four of them. <laughs> um, how did you put yours in, in, in order? Um, one sec. I put them in... There's a couple repeats that you'll see 
by nature, and then some mm-hmm. of them was just like my number one is just a personal goal that I want to get done this year. Okay, um, that's one that I'm going to work the hardest for. That, that's pretty much I how see. I I put it is like these are the ones I'm going to work the hardest for. The the ones you want to obtain most is, is yeah. higher up. Okay, mine was I put mine in more of a. Like the, the upper is more ambitious. It's the bigger goals that I would that you mean I, like the I ones strive. and the twos. It, yeah, like ones and twos. It's like the ones that's I. It's less likely I'll probably finish them, but it's the ones that I want to finish. Honestly, like, I don't. That's think... so much one, but like it's it's the bigger gain gain if I could. Honestly, I don't really have something more ambitious. I didn't want to go over the top this year. Right. I wanted to kind of rate it in because. Again, I didn't rain it very in well last year. So. Neither did I, but <laughs> so I, wanna, I don't learn from my mistakes. So I want to be more realistic <laughs> in this one. And a lot of these are something that's important for me that I want right. to get done. So we'll see what happens with them. Very cool. All right. So let's begin with our number eight uh, gaming goal for 2013. Wow, you're 10 years old. We've been doing this podcast for so long, let me tell you. <laughs> 2023. I wasn't even here we gaming go. in 2013, starting with you. All right. So mine is a very weird one. I actually came up with this not too long ago and replaced one that I had from last week. Okay. Um, I want to play a new game in a new location. Like, I want to play something that I had never... I want to... Admittedly, I would like to play something I'd never heard of before in a place I've never been before. I don't, that sounds very specific, but like, I, I love travel. I love going to different places mm-hmm. and you'll, there, you'll see some more things that have to do with that later on. But I want to go to a place that I've never seen before, experience something new and then try a game that I had potentially never heard of before. Okay. And even if I like it or not, I still want to be able to do that. Um, and, and get that experience of like that kind of like a brand new, refreshing, like new to me kind of like, aha, you know, like yeah. maybe that'll, Maybe go give me to some tingles of like back somewhere, in the day. let's say like middle of Kansas and find a gaming store and go play. Sure, a new game. Yeah. yeah, exactly, like, exactly. That'd be great. Like just show up at a game store one day and it's like, hey, I've never heard of this one, you know, and uh, give it a try because there's so much hype. There's so many people talking about like what's new, what's hot, uh, games that we've been following for a long time. I want to see stuff that I had never heard of, like maybe a smaller game, maybe a simple one, but sure. a smaller publisher, whatever. But I want to experience that new like. Oh, the discovery of like, what is this? This is cool. Yeah, I, I get you. It's been a long time since I've done that, and I really definitely want to do that. And before we get going, uh, Mario was saying um, for you that he sort of already knows one of his. He wants to get a few games of Millennium Blades in. Yes, and I will be happy to help you with that. All right, moving on to my eighth one, and this one is one that I told I said that it's a rehash. Mm-hmm. There's two rehashes in a sense on my list. And this one's just, you know, to finish the office. I want to get that done. I had, didn't put any effort into it last year. Mind you, I had a lot going on last year, too. So I want to put some soundproofing up. I want to put some more art in the background there. I want to get an extra shelf. Just put my smaller games over there. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to get that done. Yeah. So that was my number eight, and I don't want to go too much into it. Sounds great. Number seven, off to me again. This is how this always, always works. works. My number seven is I want to, and not just a little bit, I want to really go out of my way to support as many different local game stores as I can this year. Mm-hmm. I want to, every city, every new place I want to go to, I want to visit at least one friendly local game store. I want to buy something from them. I want to show my support because... We're not, we're, we're not doing that in Tucson, though, right? We don't have the time for it. No, well... <laughs> 
That's true. But I'm I'm planning sometime this summer that me and my family are going to go on a pretty epic trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, granted, they probably won't let me go to most of them because that's eating up their time. But I'm, I want to make it a point where I'm going to places I had never been to before, at doing my best to support all of the little shops around. Like, if you sell a game, it's like, oh, cool, a quick $10 game, let me get it, you know, send you my business or even buy some snacks from your shelves, whatever. Yeah. And uh, keep you guys afloat because mm-hmm. you guys are making the hobby good. Yeah. I want to keep supporting you. That's and, my number seven. And don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we couldn't go, but it's just that when we do these calling trips, which is about a four-hour drive away from us, we start in the morning, yes. we hit three different stores yes. to trade in our stuff. Yes. Take in the lunch, and then we have to drive back, which is a four-hour drive. So yes. we're spending eight hours just driving. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, I, I, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, we do sometimes go to the mall, though, in mm-hmm. yep, Games and Gadgets. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right, so, best. <laughs> so <laughs> my uh, next one here is, again, it's kind of an iteration uh, to what I normally do. But I always set myself a personal challenge because I keep my statistics on my board games, uh-huh. on BG Stats. This one, personally for me, is I want to play 200 total games. It doesn't have to be new. It could be old. I just need to play at least 200 different games in the year. The reason why specifically I said this, different different games, games right. yeah. like like so you're like, not going to count it if you play my room fifty times. Yeah, that yeah. won't count. It's it'll count one time. Forty nine other times is just there. Yep. It's two hundred different games, and the reason why I'm doing this is I noticed last year on my statistics, I hit a hundred and ninety five different games. I want to see if I can jump it up there, just find more games and see I if I can it. do two hundred this year. Very cool. All right, number six. Go ahead. My number six is I'm going to try and get another one of my uh, games signed. And that's, so far, I, I have a decent couple outlooks, but, you know, that's always an ambitious um, an ambition of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like last year my designs were just really, you know, really solid. Yeah. Um, the one specific game that I made last year was The Core. I feel like that's a very solid game of mine, and I feel like there could be a market for it. And, and there's others, of course, on top yeah. of it. Um, one game that got returned to me, so I, I that will be going back in the market. So to get another one of those signed by a potential publisher would be fantastic. And the thing there, there we have to reiterate here, the reason it got returned to him is yes. that there was some other issues right. that they're like, look, we can't um, in good conscience keep this while we're dealing with this over here, right. so yeah. we're returning it to you. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no ill will whatsoever. Yeah, whatsoever. it wasn't yeah. like... Uh, yeah. When one of your other games got signed. There was one that, that got sat on and then returned after a few years. of yeah. just Nothing. No, nothing. Like, what, yeah. how, what, four or five different theme changes and yes. that's about it? Yep. New one of which was work. Cat. Yes, one of which was Cats. <laughs> because Cats. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad I have that one back. <laughs> Alright, so going into my next one, it's again another goal that I've already pre-set to myself. Or we've been talking about it. Uh, when we come to like our choices and our picks during the week, for me personally, I want to play a mix of games. And what I mean here is, I want to play new and old games. Yeah, it's nice to get stuff off my shelf of shame, but 
that's a detriment for all this stuff over here. They don't get played as much. So yep. for me personally, I'm setting a goal for myself is that I want to play Shelf of Shame games, but I mm-hmm. also want to play some of the stuff that's already in my library. One, also to help me make a decision if it needs to stay or go. Uh, and so... Should it stay or should it go? Yeah, pretty much like that. And you're going to get us demonetized. But yeah, no, this one of the things I need to do. We're not monetized. <laughs> what are you kidding? Who are you kidding here? That is true. But I want to play a mixture of the new games, the Shelf of Shame stuff, get them off the Shelf of Shame, and get some, like Everdell. I would like to get to the table again. I would sure. like to play another set of Return to Dark Tower. I really, really enjoy that game. Lost Ruins of Arnex. I love that game. I want to play it some more. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So that is one of my personal goals is I want to do a nice mix of games. All right. Here we go. On to our number five. Mm-hmm. Hey, I get the start. And look, I already checked it by accident. <laughs> so That's going to what you were saying where you go to a new area mm-hmm. um, and you want to play a board game there. It's kind of like that. I'm going on a very big trip this year. Uh, celebrate my 10-year anniversary with my wife. And we're going with some friends who are also celebrating their 10 years. We're taking a cruise down to the Bahamas. I want to play a game. Even if we're just docked in the port, in the Bahamas, I want to play one game to say I played a game in another country. <laughs> yeah. that, that is my goal. I yeah. want to, you need to find a Bahama-themed game. To I would love to. I, well, honestly, I was just probably going to pick something like... Because we're going to do excursions yeah. and stuff like that. People are going to be tired. So I was like sure. figuring, I'll take a little card game. I'll take a little Devils. We really enjoy that game. Yeah. So... At a dinner table while we're waiting for our food, we'll play a game of Little Devils while we're parked in uh, the Bahamas, or play a game take in a, another country. Take a what is it? The that little roll and write. Um, Rolling what, USA. Well, yeah, I could take that one. Silver and gold. Silver and gold is another good one. I was thinking, um, it's the one by not Pandasaurus, the game right. It's where you're rolling clicks. Yeah, that one. Yes. Take that one. Like the if we're show. like eating something in the Bahamas and just need to sit like at a cafe and drink some coffee, play yeah. a real quick game of quicks. I want to play a game in another country, and I have a chance to do it this year. I, I'm telling you, I will help you find a Bahama themed <laughs> game because I bought specifically a luau themed card game to play in Hawaii, and it never happened. You don't know how disappointed I am, but. In my defense, I bought a game from a Hawaiian designer. Yeah, so there's that. I made I made good on that. So honestly, I would be okay if I got a pack of cards that were made specifically for the Bahamas, mm-hmm. and we played a a game of goldfish or go fish. So <laughs> honestly, <laughs> don't I, play go. Don't besmirch the good I, name of the Bahamas. I and... want it'd be fitting in the Bahamas. <laughs> But I, I, I do want to play a game in a different country, and it's a good chance for me to do it this year. Okay. I will take what I can get. And Mario Fanatics says, and I agree, congratulations to you both. Ten Thank years. Ten wow, years, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number five is I want to, uh, speaking of like how you were saying 200 games, I want to play um, 100 games that specifically... I have played before. So, anti-Shelf of Shame games. I figured that if I have so many games in my collection, I need to justify them being there. It's 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 not so much that Kinda I can like play a game. like what I'm doing with my... Yeah, it's not so much that I can play a game and it's like, oh, that was a really fun time that one time I played it. Onto the shelf forever, into eternity to gain dust and yeah. dilapidate. No. 
I, I need to justify the games that I have, and I've been spending too much time last year focusing on my shelf of shame that that's something that needs to happen. Yeah. So um, that's my goal, is I want to replay 100 of my old games. I don't blame you on that. Okay. In fact, you even set me up on that, like yep. on, on the app to keep track of it. So <laughs> we'll see how, how soon I get it. I already have a couple on the list, so good on me. All right, number four. Oh, starting with me again. That's, That's awesome. Right. So this one's just kind of a weird one because I've already bought a game this year. And so this for me is to try to buy less games this year and play more. Now, I'm just limited to like new games because um, yes. I also bought an expansion for like Unmatched. If sure. I like the game already, I'm going to buy expansions. But uh, the game I bought was Space Station Phoenix and yep. because it was on the deal of the day. But I want to buy, have less coming in and play more games so I can decide what stays in, what goes out, like we were yes. saying. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep adding to the shelf of shame where I feel obligated I need to get these games played. This way I can determine if they're going to stay or go. Yeah. So that's my goal. Um, I bought quite a bit last year. I don't remember. I'll have to look at my stats. But, excuse me. I want to buy less, play more, and specifically I want to play, again, the mix of old and new, because I need to determine what is staying, what's going to go, what's going to happen to these games. Do I need to give them to someone else who might enjoy them more, or are they going to stay here and I don't want them collecting dust? There's one game on my shelf that I have not played in a long time. It's the Dead of Winter right there. I haven't played my personal copy on it, and you could just see the dust layer sitting on it, and it's been sitting there a while. And that drives me insane when I'm I'm trying to dust these and stuff like that. So it's no. important for me to curtail my spending. Now, it's not to say I'm not going to kickstart something and wait for it to <laughs> right. come next year. Right. If you're gonna if you're gonna buy something, it better be four hundred dollars <laughs> yeah. and it better justify. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, I, I I troll game nerds still the day, so I always yes. look at all this stuff. So my goal this year is buy more expansions for games I know I like. Yeah. Buy less games that I'm taking a risk on, like Space Station Phoenix. Now, I love engine building games, and this one looks right up my alley. Right. But honestly, did I need it? I bought it on a Spurge because it was like $40, and it's normally like a $60, $70 game. So. Right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, and then I... we have our friend Dom come up with these games. It's like, damn it, Dom. <laughs> right, exactly. What? Stop showing us these good games. <laughs> uh, the good thing is I feel like I, I love it when he, when when they show us games. Like Gamehead Geek and Dom and yourself yeah. show me these new games because then I can take a more realistic look at them and go, do I need this in my collection? It, it It's not that often that that you guys show me a game where I'm like, I have to buy it now. Yeah. It does happen, but it's yeah. not as common versus me just, you know, fear of missing there, out. There, or the, there is a couple the that he showed us last year that I needed, yes. that I wanted. Yes. Uh, uh, Planet Unknown. Yeah, Planet Unknown was fantastic. And yes. then Red Cathedral. Those were like the two yes. main ones. And that, that was my dom, damn it dom buy when I bought those two games. There was a few of mine, but I know I bought them pretty soon right after, so <laughs> I don't remember what they were. There are a few. Yeah. In some places, that's good, because I have another gaming group. I know this would go good with that yep. gaming group, and that's fine with that. Exactly. Cool. Um, the next, uh, number four for me, right? Mm-hmm. So, number four came up with, uh, I talked a little bit about it earlier. I entered into a contest. <coughs> the, the the Game Crafter is a print-on-demand de- print um, board game company. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been a customer of theirs for many years. I mean, yeah, it's expensive, but whatever, right? Um, but they... 
they had a contest recently where they said that they would make um, that they would uh, have a one card challenge where mm-hmm. you design a full game with one card and it had to contain the rules. It had to have all of the play space in there. Yeah, you could use tokens from outside of the game, but be realistic about it. They're like, if, don't don't expect people to bring in like all of these things. They're like, if if you if your game is catered to an RPG player. Yeah, you can use polyhedral dice, because they'll probably have that. Yeah. The average gamer probably will have a D6 lying around somewhere, or a couple pawns, whatever. You can yeah. use coins, pocket change, whatever. So and, it reminds me of that one game, uh, Coin Age. Yeah, Coin Age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that was really kind of one of the first ones I did it. Yeah. But now, on the Game Crafter, the way it works is that uh, when you when you have to have anything printed, it prints in sheets. Yeah. And so, a full sheet of playing cards is 18 cards, and so you can have... Uh, you can make a game out of 18 cards versus one card, and it's still going to cost you the same. So when when I end up buying my copies, just so I can have a copy to play and, and test, I bought 18 copies of each game <laughs> so I can give out and whatnot. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's cool. But then I thought about it on the, on the flip end, and, and I always like the little constrained challenges of designing games like this. I want to make a pack of 18 cards, each one of them a unique game. And that's my goal before the end of the year, is I want to make 18 games in a single booster sleeve. I can hand it to somebody, it's like, there is lit- literally 18 games in here. So you're there trying to do dexterity. like a whole uh, 502? Yeah, no. <laughs> but just on one sheet They're not compatible, right? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're not going to be compatible. They're not going to be modular. It's literally going to be like, this is the pack of cards for any gamer. It's like, you like dexterity games? I have this game. You like economic games? I have this. You like auction games? I have this. You have, you like Euro games? I like this. Or I have this. I want to do something to that effect. Okay. I I know in some of the games will be better than others. I get that. But this is a a unique challenge, I feel. (laughs) So you're saying they'll all be great. You're right. (laughs) Thanks, Thank you. No, this will be a unique design challenge for myself. And that would be such a cool little thing. It's like, hey, I'm selling this. It's literally 10 bucks. And you get 18 games that I've tested, play tested, gone through, developed, and, like, what more could you ask for? Like, put it in your pocket, take it with you. There's a good chance you'll find something you'll like. Cool. That's my idea. It's weird. It's very ambitious, but I, uh, I like You it. have fun with that. <laughs> my brain don't work that way. <laughs> That's, it's something I do, I know, but I'm looking forward to it. Number three. All right. My number three, and this is one of the most ambitious, and I, out of all of my eight, this is the one that's least likely I'm going to complete. Oh, I think I know what this one is, because you've talked about it before. Feel free to Does it off. have to do with Board Game Geek? Yes. I want to play somehow... I'm surprised it's not your one. It, because, you know, it, it's, I, I knocked it down a couple <laughs> because it's... This is this is the only one that I figured was going to be on your list. Yes, this is this is one that because you've been talking to the group about it for two months now. Right, I I feel like it's going to be difficult. I feel like it's it's somewhat possible, but the reason it's not my number one is because I do feel it's very unlikely. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this is kind of the one I'm most okay with not succeeding. If I complete seven out of eight of these, this is the one that will be that number eight. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. This is, I want to play all top 100 games on Board Game Geek. Yeah, I thought this was going to be your one, honestly. I've played about about 30% of them, I think, at least. Maybe even half of them. 
I played a significant amount. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm going to do after this podcast um, sometime this week is I'm going to go on Board Game Geek, copy the full list, put it on, on my notepad, and remove all of the ones that I have not played before, or that I have played. I played. Okay. And then I will have that, and I will be ambitious and try and complete those. Well, between my goal, the four of us, I think we have at least more than 50. We had about 75%. Yeah. Between the four of us. Um, now... <laughs> I have some of the heavy hitters. Where can I find some of those games? At local game stores in their demo vault. So I might be able to go support stores by trying these games. Yeah, see, the, the, I have one problem with that. I highly doubt your family are going to play <laughs> some of those top 100 games. Because those are some <laughs> heavy games. This is true. <laughs> So, like, I have one, uh, there's one in the top 100 or the top 10. I don't know if it's been bumped out or not. Uh-huh. But, um, Gaia Project. I have yes. the, the, the fantasy version of it, Terra Mystica. Yep. <laughs> so. Right. And I'm probably going to make some, you know, loose calls. And yeah. <laughs> I, I've played Terra Mystica, so. Yeah. I, don't, Gaia I honestly don't know yeah, the difference. I, don't know. I I've heard people just say they're pretty much the same, pretty just the one's same. fantasy, one's right. uh space. So there there's some shenanigans I'm gonna pull, honestly, but realistically, I'm probably gonna do that. Uh but I want to be able to say that it's like I, I love doing those really ambitious projects. Like this last summer I played I watched all top one hundred movies from mm-hmm. AFI. Yeah, I don't believe I've you. listened to the top one hundred greatest albums of all time. And this is why I knew it was gonna be on his list. That's yes. why I said I because he said he's done all the top one hundreds but he hasn't done the top one hundred board games. Right. This is why I thought it was gonna be your number one because like right. I said, you've been talking about this since you finished the top one hundred movies. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's been in the back of my mind. That's why I was like, I, I better put this as a gaming goal this year. But again, that's why it's my number three is because it's the most likely for me to fail at. Fail, it. okay. That's that's just and that's me. kind of what you did with the top one hundred movies too. You took yes. out the ones that you've already watched, yes, and just put the ones that you still needed to watch. Right now, the only thing is, board games you can't stream on Netflix. No, that's a problem. <laughs> that's going to be a factor. Um, whereas I could just take HBO Max and watch half of the movies that I happen to do. Oh, the other half, oh, I'll just rent them on YouTube or go to the library. library yeah. Well, you we might don't be able have to, that for board you, games. You too. might be able to rent some of those at the libraries. Uh, maybe not lo- the ones. It's unlikely. <laughs> it's unlikely. But unlikely. Yeah, it, it's some it's libraries possible. have them. I've been sure. seeing like people are like, "Hey, look at this game." I'm like, "Hey, that's a top 100 game." What the heck? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'll see if El Paso has it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. But going into my number three, and a lot of things I've realized the way I made these gaming bowls goals is to work with each other and this one again goes with my playing 200 total games or playing more and buying less i want to play more solo games and i don't necessarily mean just the games with the solo variants sort of like all of the atoma system and the stone Myers stuff like that i want to play more of the onirums i want to play more of the uh, sylveon i think is what it's called i want to try the The oniverse the oniverse so those might be games that i buy for myself okay and adam but again that's only eight Right. Or so games. Yeah, I want to play those because you know sometimes I have downtime and I don't know what to do. So I'll watch YouTube, just random videos, or what, put a movie on in the background that I'm looking at my phone. Instead of engaging on my phone, let me go do something like playing yeah. a solo productive. game, uh, do a small card solo game, Final Girl. Cool. Uh, that's one of my things is I do want to play more solo games because I've been the advocate for this podcast of playing solo games and yet yes. I haven't played as many as I should have. Yeah, I've I played more than you actually. Lately, which, yeah. 
I do want to play more of my Marvel Champions. It's a great solo game. I, I want to play start playing through the campaigns as a solo. I want to play more of my Arkham Horror LCG. Uh, I love playing that one solo. I want to dig through that campaign, the Dunwich, mm-hmm. the Car- uh, Path of Carcosa. I have all those sets. So this is important for me to start doing it again and really get out there and play yeah. more games. Well, I'll be happy to lend you any I have. So Sounds I do have the whole universe other than Urbion. Yeah, I, I, I do yeah. want to pick those up because I do love um, Oniram. That's yeah. still one of my favorites. It's probably my number two solo game. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Number two? two? You're starting. All right. So this one is the other one that I said that I put on the past before. But I, I think it's very important that we keep putting this on the list. Yep. And this one is, I want to continue to work to be a better ambassador for this hobby. Um, I realized that this was an important one. That's why I put it on here, because when we were, right. Barnes & Nobles was doing that 50% off sale, and there's people there, and they were looking at the board games, and like, I don't know, how is this one? And they were talking to each other, and I'm like, hey, can I help you? I play a lot of these games. I've played a lot of these. Yeah. Um, and so, so what, a, what a strange feeling, because yeah. I know I do that regularly. Yeah. And, and my wife always cracks up whenever I do it. But I feel like I'm doing people. I'm helping people. Yeah. yeah. And so they're like, yeah, exactly. we, we play a lot of like Ticket to Ride, but we're not sure about this game or this game. And I can't yeah. remember what game I recommended, but they were looking at one. And I'm like, Trekking the National Parks. <laughs> uh, if you, oh, they were looking at like Endangered. And I'm like, if oh, yeah. you like Ticket to Ride, this one's a co op. So how do you feel about working together as a team? And they're like, oh, no, no, we're fine with that. And I'm like, okay. And then I explained it because I got it and I already knew how, I learned how to play it. Yeah. And so I explained to them how it, kind it works and they're like okay that sounds interesting so they grab that one they're like what do you think about this one and i'm like i'm not familiar with this one i have people who have played it it's it was the uh, dungeon fighter one from forbidden games the Mm -hmm. and i'm like this is a flicking game where you're playing uh as like D characters and you're playing through uh different like dungeon dwells with but you're flicking it's a dexterity game they, they weren't too sure about that and they're like ah it's not up our cup of tea that kind of stuff and i'm like yeah and they thank me about it and i just i like doing stuff like that i want to be a better ambassador if people have questions if i see someone in target and they're like oh we don't know about this and i'm like hey i can answer questions for you because i play a, i own most of these games right. on the shelf right here and so i remember recently somebody was looking at the Jaws of the Lion, and mm-hmm. I think it was like Target or Barnes and Noble or something like that. And sure. they were like, "That." And I'm like, "That by far is if you have played Dungeons and Dragons or you know familiar with it, it's kind of their own thing. But if you're gonna get into this game, this is gonna be the one for you because it teaches you in the first five scenarios how to play the game." And they're like, yeah. "Really?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So because they said they had a friend who had Gloomhaven. And they couldn't really gronk how they were explaining how the game right. and it like works because it's card draft or it's card management right. rather than it's very stuff difficult. like that. So I told them if you grab this one and want to try it, and it was on sale. I think it was like forty dollars or something like that. So it was only ten dollars off. But I'm like, this will teach you the game in the first five scenarios. It it throws rules at you at the beginning, but then it explains those rules to, to you through the tutorial game. And so they bought it. Yeah. And so I love doing stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's really one of the funnest things about this hobby and being mm-hmm. so involved as like I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I I've actually been offered uh, to be a game guru in a sense. Uh, mm-hmm. My friend who owns their own business, they want to do game nights for their company, yeah. and so they asked me like, "Hey, could you 
you know, run it for us, teach us the yeah. games and play yeah. it. And I'm like, yeah, no, no problem. Absolutely. Because yeah, I want more people into this hobby. That's right. Yeah. And it's it's the hobby of fun. Like, you're supposed to spend time together and have fun with each other. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, exactly. What's more fun than that? Nothing. That's how it works. My number two is one that uh, directly involves you, but I have not told you about it yet. I want to, and I'm proposing this idea right now, right now, and we'll discuss it later. Oh, no, please put away the lightsaber. <laughs> put the lightsaber over there. No. I want us, we have top eight debate. Mm-hmm. We have board game breakdown, and we have shits and giggles, which is what we're doing now. I want us to create a new pod, uh, segment. I want us to make us a, a, an ongoing regular se- segment. I don't know what that is yet. I, I have like some ideas floating in my mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, before the end of the year, I want us to have another segment that we can put in the rotation along with these to add some more flavor, add some more stuff, fun that's uh, for the viewers to watch, and uh, something that we like talk- doing. I have ideas for that, too. Where, yeah. Where we can actually take the compare and contrast games mm-hmm. and just make them their own video instead of all right. the chips and giggles. Exactly. Because, like, we, we all, we all, we've already came up with quite a few segments, but I want one more that's, like, just as big as the others. And I, and I have some, some floating ideas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's my number well, two see. is I want to make a new podcast segment. <laughs> and that'll be directly for you guys yeah. who are listening to us now. Our number ones. Our number ones. Okay, my number one. This is a very specific one. Do you know? have any idea what this is? Does it deal with campaigns? No. Then no. Okay. My number one is I want to reduce my collection of games by at oh. least 365 games. That still puts you at about 1,000. Yes. <laughs> and, and I will likely have games coming in. Yeah. But I, I want to call... At least one game a day. And I want like, I won't go into my room every day and go, okay, well, I guess I'll get rid of this one, right? I probably will get pretty close to that. But by the end of the year, mm-hmm. I will keep track of all the games I am calling for my collection because I need to justify how I, I have too many. I agree. So you, you had a justification originally when the shop just allowed you to bring games, but now yes. there's specifically. Hey, I have quite a few games that. I have in my collection for either I was starting a collection or starting to collect these, or I really like like a certain designer and maybe I just don't like this game from this designer, mm-hmm. or I we used to sell them at the shop and now, and now they e- don't. Either they're out of print or the shop just doesn't carry them anymore. Right, or exactly, or I have other ways to demo the games other than like I don't necessarily need to own everything that the shop has mm-hmm. just in order for me to demonstrate because it. Because the big thing about the the shop too is no. the games when you buy them now they send demo copies if right. you buy a certain amount exactly. so that and helps them to justify yeah right so yeah I, I had plenty of justifications for needing that many games originally but right now I do have and and I wheel and deal I trade you know I yeah. I find deals and thrift and all you that know, stuff you know that's just how I am so it's not like I have spent like. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. On no, no, games. it's Will and Dylan. You find yeah. these games at like Savers or. Right. I, I spend just as much as most reasonable gamers probably do. Mm-hmm. But my ability to amass a larger amount, a larger quantity of games is, is unparalleled to many. As proven by my playing card collection, which is a lot as well. Which which is funny because your board game collection is getting close to yours. It's, it's not far. It's, it's not. 
It, it's about half as much as my playing card, which is already really ridiculous. That's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. So but that, you've, been, you've been collecting playing cards how long? About 10 years. And you've been collecting... Well, probably more than that. You've been collecting board games how long? About eight years. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still, right? But at the same time, no. I, I've decided that's my number. I I talked with you about ideas of like, can I do a, a percentage or a fraction of it? Yeah. No, I'm going to do 365 games are leaving my collection before the end of the year. And that is the one that I am most determined to try and get done. I don't honestly blame you. I mean, some of those games you just keep for just to have. Yeah, some are nostalgia, get, but they yeah. don't get played. Yeah, some same just, reason why I was talking about like Reavers of Midgard. Right. I, I know, like, for example, I wanted to have every Phil Walker game. Mm-hmm. There's some of those I don't like that much. Yeah. Like, we, hey, we've done it. Do I, I, I need to find a way to justify to myself. So what I'm going to do when I eventually redo my room is I'm going to take all the games out and pick the few collections. It's like, all right, the Spiel des Jahres. All of those are staying. Yeah. My 3M bookshelf, those are staying. But those aren't even right. in your game room. No, those aren't <laughs> in my game room. But as I'm putting them back, I'm going to be like, okay, what are the collections I need to keep? Yeah. Those are the ones I'm keeping. What are the ones, what are my games that I absolutely love and adore? Those I'm putting right here. Mm-hmm. Everything else, that's going to be a hard a hard thought but to think about is, can I justify still having this? Do I have a game that does it better? Like and and for example, I don't like to tend to get get rid of games from my shelf of shame unless I've played them. Yeah, but I've done I, it a few times. I brought you. a couple games over the other day, and I was like, "These are two social deduction games." Ugh. And I know you won't play them anyway. But I even asked. I was I like, "I try, I try." I, I, just... I watched the rules on both of them, mm-hmm. and and they both have a similar flavor. They both have like three different factions. Which one's going to stay? But one of them seems a little more chaotic. Uh... And, and I'm like, okay. And I even asked you, I was like, would you play Leaders of Euphoria? No. And you said no, even though it's a theme that you would probably like. And I was looking at that compared to Secrets, which is uh, Eric Lang and uh, Bruno Cathala, I think. Mm-hmm. Bruno Fiduti, one of the Bruno two. Bruno yeah. And I was like, they both do similar things, but this one seems a little more random. So maybe I don't need this many social deductions. I don't play them that often. So yeah. I already have there's and you a, need a special group groups. really right. to play social deduction. Yeah, and so and I don't necessarily have that. So I have to make a hard cut to a lot of my games. Like to in order for them to earn a spot back in my room, they have to be something that I'm like that I have fallen in love with. And I don't blame you. I I agree. I do need to do some work. I actually called this pretty well cuz yeah. I keep it to just in two shelves. There's stuff on the floor. But there are expansions right. that I need to get into the. Like, I have one expansion, and I don't know how I'm going to put it in the base box because the, the expansion box is about the same thickness as the base box and about half the size. Yeah. So it's a normal game size box. It's almost the size of a Return to Dark Tower. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just an expansion. Mind you, that's for Twilight Imperium. But going into my number one, and this one is important for me for a couple of reasons. Um, I got my friends into this series, and they're playing through it now. Me and my wife are playing through it. And I want to get it done, because the sequel is finally coming in. I don't yep. have... I, it's finally shipping I on the west side. coming on your list. I want to finish Gloomhaven. Yep. That, that is my one... Your Gloomhaven was my time stories. My one and <laughs> one major goal that I do want to succeed, and I'm going to try my damnedest this year... Yep. is to play Gloomhaven and finish the story. I'm loving it. We've had more retirements lately. I'm ha- huh? What? No, sorry. <laughs> I'm having a great time with it. To the point, 
I've played it a lot since I got the game. Yeah. I'm looking at my statistics here between this one and Jaws of the Lion. I've played it 57 times. <sighs> and so that's what, why I'm like, I want to finish it. I've got 37 games in Gloomhaven by itself. Yeah. And so I want to finish this. And we're going through it. We've done a lot. We've opened a lot. We've closed a lot. Mm-hmm. That is my goal this year. I want to finish it because I want to start Frosthaven. And my friends are actually catching up to us because they've been playing it like once or twice a week. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, we need to get going on this. This right. way when Frosthaven comes in, we can all play it together. That's cool. And all so right. my number one goal is to finally finish Gloomhaven. As you can see, I'm a huge fan of it. You even went and made me art for it. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where my friend, the Gamehead Geek, made me coasters for it. <laughs> so that tells you how much I, I feel about this game. Yeah. I want to finish it. I want to do the story. I'm also going to be a little sad about it, too. Right. Because this is the game that, this is the one that hooked me. Yes. Like, I was big into the hobby to begin with. This is the one that hooked me. Yeah. This is the one where it's like, yeah, let's make a podcast. Let's do this. Let's do that. This is my hobby. I play more board games than I do video games nowadays. And yes. video games was my biggest hobby for the longest time. Yep. That it was. And it's because games like... I'm Mass- so sorry I brought you into this. <laughs> games like Mass Effect is what hooked me really on video games. Yeah. Gloomhaven's done to, this to me for board games. Again, I apologize. No, no, you need to apologize to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is what I spend my money on. And she's fine with it because she's like, you're not out doing drugs or going to like strip clubs with friends and stuff like that. You're not going to the bars and spending all your money on alcohol. You're here playing games with your friends. So my biggest thing to her, I always tell her, you know what? We're, I'm a man. We don't grow up. Our toys just get more expensive. We still yes. have to ask permission. You sh- used to be with our mothers. Now we have to ask permission with our wives. Yes. <laughs> so the other the other lady in our lives. Yeah. So I was like, nothing's changed. It's just my toys got more expensive. And literally, these are toys because you can find them in the toys and games yes. section. Yeah, that's where they are. <laughs> so oh, I have goodness. no problem with it, but I, I I do love this hobby, and I love the fact that I'm hooked on it. I really enjoy. This time in it, and next year, shockingly enough, uh, will be my ten years in this hobby. I started in 2014, just right after I got married. Yep. Yep. I apologize. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I didn't know I was going to go down the rabbit hole like I did, but I'm not Neither complaining. I. I really, really enjoy this hobby. I've made some of the best friends I'm ever going to make because of this hobby, yeah. and so I'm not complaining about it. But I love making these goals because it makes me realize how much I love this hobby. Good deal. What a happy ending for this podcast today. Yeah. Uh, what a what a great happy ending for this post. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. Hopefully this has uh, either inspired you to complete your end of the year goals or your 2023 20, goals or even just make some of your own. It's good to have these goals whether mm-hmm. you get them or not. Just so that way you have something, something to, to build for during yeah, the year. Exactly. I, mind you... We've said this before. We have we didn't even do the caveat at the beginning of this year. We do eight because it just it hits our right. brand. It's, it's our brand. <laughs> but in all honesty, these are doable for me, and these are ones that I'm going to strive to try to hit all three. Right. Even if I have to do like some plumbing thing and put like an old comforter just to help right. with the soundproofing. Exactly. I'll do that. I'll pin a blanket to my wall just yep. to help with the soundproofing if it helps us. Yes, exactly. Just so I can meet that goal. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree. All right. So um, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. This has been an episode of Everyday Board Game Podcast. If you all want to join us, like our friend Mario Fanatic, uh, if you want to join us on a live episode during one of our tapings, join in on the conversation, join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. As well as all video re-uploads can be found on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subjects. This one being, tell us your gaming goals for 2023. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And if you ever want to reach us directly, you can email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. Whether that's just simply to say hello, give us ideas for future episodes or topics, or even enter in a future potential contests. And as mentioned before, we have taken a step back on our social medias. You can still get in contact with us if you need to on EBG Podcast, as well as uh, if you see us in the Board Game Revolution uh, group on Facebook, one of the Daniels, we will be happy to interact. With that being said, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.